ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Do we have healthy industry competition in Australia? Do we have the right regulatory framework? Hi, Damien Carrick here. This is The Law Report. Last Friday, the federal court handed down sentences against waste services company Bingo and its former CEO, Daniel Tartak. Bingo was fined $30 million. And Tartak sentenced to 400 hours of community service, disqualified from running companies for five years and fined $100,000. Gina Cascott-Lieb is chair of the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission. She joins me now. Gina Cascott-Lieb, the ACCC investigated this case. To what conduct did the two accused plead guilty? The conduct that was the basis of the guilty plea was entering into an agreement to fix the price and then give effect to that agreement in relation to the price of skip bins and the price of waste services from the demolition uh, products that were put in the skip bins. It was between uh, and pleaded guilty to by both Bingo and Aussie Skips, so between two companies serving the waste management and waste services in Sydney. And there were noticeable increases in price following upon the making and giving effect to the agreement. So the company has been fined $30 million. This is a multi-billion dollar company. What are your thoughts about the the penalties which have been imposed on both the company and its CEO? The penalty is the second highest penalty that has been given by the federal court for criminal cartel conduct. The ACCC has secured higher penalties in civil proceedings. So we do consider it is a serious sentence and an important sentence, noting how absolutely fundamentally illegal cartel conduct is. What are the most severe criminal penalties which have been imposed by a court in Australia with respect to these kinds of offences? I think back in 2019, there was a $34 million fine imposed on a Japanese shipping line for fixing prices on the shipping of cars, trucks and buses into Australia. Is that the highest penalty? That is the highest in criminal cartel prosecutions because the criminal cartel prosecution has a combination of the monetary fine together with the finding of a criminal contravention and the capacity for criminal sentences. And for corporations, in addition, a finding of a criminal contravention can have effects if they're in sectors which require uh, licensing, which require fitness and propriety. So there are additional serious consequences for corporations and individuals when there is a court finding and holding that there has been a criminal contravention. In addition, Mr Tartak has been banned from managing companies for five years. Look, I understand that with respect to that Japanese shipping company, it was found guilty of similar offences all around the world. In other countries, the company's employees or directors had actually gone to jail. So I'm wondering, is this $30 million fine, is this community service penalty on on Mr Tartak, are these enough to deter price collusion, which costs the community enormously? The ACCC is in a program of seeking 
higher fines, both for civil contraventions of the competition prohibitions and norms for our economy and for businesses in our economy, and also seeking to give as high uh, compliance and deterrence impact as possible. We do have a concern if penalties are seen as a cost of doing business as distinct from a recognition of the serious impact upon customers and the economy. So it is a program that we are uh, underway with step by step, engaging both with the corporate community and also engaging with the judiciary as we put submissions in relation to appropriate levels of penalty. We do welcome uh, the penalties because this penalty is a substantial penalty. It has also been very publicly, of course, communicated the conduct that was undertaken, the covert elements of the conduct, the direct price fixing nature of the conduct, and those aspects, including communicating, in fact, as we are currently, does indicate how closely and carefully the ACCC scrutinises, monitors, takes account of complaints. Now, I know the ACCC has a policy of not talking about matters which are currently before the courts, but perhaps the most high-profile litigation involving the ACCC is its action against Qantas for misleading and deceptive conduct, for advertising tickets for 8,000 flights that had been cancelled but not removed from sale. This is a civil case as opposed to a criminal case, which was the kind of case we were just talking about. Now, the penalties that a court could impose on Qantas if it finds it has engaged in misleading and deceptive conduct are a $10 million fine or three times the benefits that it has accrued from the misleading and deceptive conduct or 10% of the corporation's turnover. Do you make submissions to the court about what you think is appropriate in terms of penalty? So, first of all, the court will go through the important stage of determining whether there is liability or not, and we will put our evidence on and Qantas will put their evidence on in defence. If the court does find that the alleged misleading and deceptive conduct occurred, then yes, submissions are then put onto the court in relation to appropriate penalty, both for specific deterrence and general deterrence in terms of raising standards in relation to reliability and accuracy um, in the aviation sector. It is ultimately for the court to determine the level of penalty. Mm. Moving away from litigation and court cases involving the ACCC, either its investigations, court cases or prosecutions brought in criminal cases, the Australian Competition Tribunal has just given the green light to the $4.9 billion acquisition of Suncorp's banking arm by the ANZ. Now, in doing so, this Australian Competition Tribunal was basically overturning a decision of the ACCC in August 2023 that declined to authorise this acquisition. Why did the ACCC reach the conclusion that the merger would lessen competition? The ACCC reached that conclusion in respect of competition in three markets. The first was competition in relation to the supply of agribusiness uh, banking, 
particularly in Queensland, and a concern that Suncorp was offering a differentiated service there to that of other bank uh, lenders. Secondly, in relation to SME borrowing, so small businesses and medium-sized businesses, that there was evidence, including from customers, that Suncorp provided loans to smaller entities than ANZ and other uh, larger banks uh, were interested to do. And in addition, that it had a higher level of personal service in its supply. And then finally, the ACCC was concerned nationally about a likelihood of increased coordinated conduct particularly between the four majors in the national home loan market as a result of the removal of uh, one of the few smaller rural and regional offers as offered by Suncorp. Now, the Australian Competition Tribunal essentially found that there would be a net public benefit from the merger. It said... The forecast integration and productive efficiencies from the proposed acquisition constitute real and tangible benefits to the public. It was satisfied that the transaction would not result in a substantial lessening of competition in any relevant market. One of your predecessors at the ACCC, Graeme Samuel, told RN Breakfast the other day that he was surprised by the ACCC's decision to knock back the acquisition. He also said that he had great confidence in the wisdom of the ACT in overturning the ACCC's decision. How do you reflect on those views? First, we think a real strength of the formal merger authorisation process and it is an administrative decision-making process with required information to be put first before the ACCC and then the Australian Competition Tribunal. And... In that process, the ACCC heavily scrutinises and tests and the tribunal commented in ANZ Suncorp that the ACCC put a significant body of substantial evidence and that matter from the parties and the ACCC's investigations. And it is an administrative process which has the strength of checks and balances. In the prior case, so in the last, in essence, 18 months, Two authorisation matters have gone for review to the tribunal. In the case of Telstra TPG, the tribunal reached the same ultimate decision as the ACCC. It did note that in some respects it considered the test should be construed somewhat differently. However, it did reach the same decision. Here it reached a different decision but did find many of the aspects in terms of the factual matrix similar, which we think is important. And in addition, it did find in relation to public benefits that apart from the integration synergies, the others were not public benefits or not sufficiently closely related to the transaction, which was the same approach as the ACCC took. We were less optimistic about the full realisation of those claimed integration benefits, and time will tell there. 
And in addition, we had seen a more significant substantial lessening of competition, which we found. So the ultimate weighing was different, but the tribunal did approach what is a public benefit in exactly the same way as the ACCC. So there is always greater complexity in these points than commentators may say, but the important point is that there are real strengths in checks and balances. The ACCC welcomes this process of checks and balances and we are building together with the Australian Competition Tribunal an important set of precedents that will guide what we hope will be a reformed merger system in which there will be greater certainty, greater precedent and much greater scrutiny of transactions that are occurring in our economy. Let's come to that merger reform right now, but you have the option of appealing the decision to the federal court. Have you made a decision yet? No, we haven't. Not yet. So let's now focus on those merger laws. You said recently that our merger laws are lagging behind those of other developed countries and this is costing consumers. Why did you say that? The ACCC's own experience is telling us that because we currently have a voluntary informal system in which companies choose whether they notify the ACCC or not, we already observe that we are not seeing critical transactions. How do we know that? So firstly, with global transactions, frequently we're either not notified or notified late, and we know that because it's notified in other jurisdictions which have a formal mandatory suspensory process which requires notification. So we hear from overseas competition agencies, but we're not notified. Secondly, from time to time, we become aware hopefully before the parties consummate the transaction, sometimes after, we become either aware either by from customers or competitors or in the situation that occurred with the pet stock second largest chain supplying specialty pet food products and uh, services. We became aware that it had built that uh, second largest chain with not a single notification to the ACCC. We became aware of that when Woolworths sought to take an interest in it. As part of following on that investigation, Petstock undertook to sell, so to divest, over 40 stores in local areas where the ACCC was concerned. There had been significant reduction in competition causing less choice for families with pets, higher prices being paid for the products. So over 40 stores to be divested and for um, veterinary hospital services as well. So it's definitely a truism. You don't know what you can't see, but we end up seeing a small proportion. What we now know as a result of analysis that has been done by the Treasury Task Force in using across government micro data, that it is quite likely on the basis of that analysis that the ACCC is seeing less than one in three. So Treasury has found over 1,000 mergers, transactions are occurring on average each year and the ACCC sees on average 350 each year. So we know they are not coming onto our radar and we are therefore not in a position to assess, let alone prevent, anti-competitive mergers in the way the community needs us to be able to do. Treasury is currently considering changes to the merger approval system and what are you calling on it 
to adopt, what system to adopt? We are calling for a mandatory suspensory administrative process so that all transactions over thresholds to be determined will require to be notified to the ACCC and cannot proceed until the ACCC or tribunal give approval. That process would involve much greater transparency, certainty, statutory timelines, and also, importantly, a fast-track waiver system for the vast majority of transactions, which once we assess them, we can see are not likely uh, to give rise to anti-competitive outcomes. In addition, we are seeking that it is clear that where there is an extension entrenching of market power that an acquirer already holds, that that is also seen to be and recognised to be substantial lessening of competition. We also want to have taken into account what is called serial or creeping acquisitions, which happened in the pet stock example. You can see at times it is happening in acquisitions store by stores by supermarket chains, liquor chains, various health services. It's a range of services that build up their size and their scale over time. And we want to see that the competitive effects of such a strategy are assessed cumulatively over time as distinct to only looking at the most recent acquisition. Before we move on, do we know the time frame for, for Treasury to uh, announce what option it will adopt? No. All we know is that consultation has concluded and that this is the first of a series of areas of focus that the Treasurer and Minister for Competition had announced. However, we are eagerly awaiting the next step. Now, the Prime Minister has just announced that the ACCC will conduct a year-long investigation into supermarket prices. As I understand it, it will focus on the difference between the prices received by farmers and those paid by consumers to see if there is price gouging. Now, the ACCC's inquiry into price rises is just one of four. We also have um, Alan Fells, again, one of your predecessors, doing an inquiry for the ACTU, a Senate committee doing the same thing, the Queensland government uh, doing the same thing. Alan Fells, he's specifically recommending the ACCC be empowered to conduct more price and and market investigations and that the government be able to give it increased powers. Do you support that move? So first, in relation to the various inquiries, each of them reflect the concern across the community. The ACCC has received increased concerns from consumers relating to food and grocery prices. The benefit of the inquiry that the Treasurer has directed the ACCC to do, which we have commenced, is that as compared to other forms of inquiry, the ACCC does have significant compulsory information gathering powers, which means that we have an ability in looking at the whole supply chain and margins from the farm gate, potentially then to processors, potentially then to wholesalers, uh, then to supermarkets and then charging to consumers. We have the capacity to compulsorily acquire the documents, data and information that will properly inform that inquiry. Alan Fells has, in his inquiry, put a number of proposals to government about increased capacities 
to take action, looking at price increases and pricing practices, those are matters which are for government to determine. What we are doing is using the powers that we have enlivened through the Treasurer's direction, and they are significant powers, in order to be able to inquire and in order to be able to engage with the community, with suppliers, with a range of participants in order to be able to cast light on what is happening. And our issues paper will be released this month, so very soon. You're listening to The Law Report. I'm Damien Carrick, and today I'm in conversation with Gina Cascott-Lieb, the chair of the ACCC, the Australian Consumer and Competition Commission. Gina Cascott-Lieb, Last year, there was a significant decision of the High Court of Australia, Carpic and Carnival, Carnival Cruises. It was a class action by passengers of the ill-fated uh, Ruby Princess cruise at the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic. I know this wasn't an ACCC investigation and case, but it was very, very important. Who were the plaintiffs in that case and why is it so significant, this decision? So the plaintiffs were a group gathered together in a class, in a class action of passengers um, on the Ruby Princess who were seeking remedies for what had occurred and the damages and losses in relation to being so exposed to COVID on that cruise. Which I think was between Australia and New Zealand from memory. Yes. Now, the plaintiff who was given the most focus in the case was a customer called Mr Ho, and Mr Ho uh, lived in Canada. He entered into a contract that was with a princess operator um, based out of the Bahamas, I believe, but with particular US-style clauses in the contract, and the US-style clause prohibited, excluded the ability to participate in and take action in a class action. This was argued by the plaintiffs all the way to the High Court. And in the High Court, the ACCC did participate together with the Solicitor General. So we participated in order to put our view before the High Court. And uh, what uh, we put before the High Court through uh, the uh, submissions of the Solicitor General and parties on behalf of the plaintiffs is that our act in relation to the Australian consumer law, because a relevant point that uh, was being argued by the plaintiff was that that particular ouster of class actions was an unfair contract term. And under our consumer law, an unfair contract term is void. And we put and the High Court found that our Act applies extraterritorially where a corporation chooses to do business in Australia. So what's the significance of that finding, both for, for the, the plaintiffs in this case, but also more generally for all Australian consumers? What is really critical here was that all of the Passengers, customers were able to participate whether they lived outside of Australia or whether they are Australian citizens, uh, were able to participate in the Australian class action and therefore have the benefit 
of their case being heard together, which of course is very important um, to reduce the costs, it would be prohibitive for an individual consumer to take such action. And for Australian consumers, if a company is Australian-based or a company is a foreign corporation, but it comes here to do business in Australia, then even if the conduct takes place outside of Australia, so say an Australian customer goes on a cruise that um, of a company that does business in Australia and they purchased their ticket in Australia, even if the failure takes place, the conduct takes place outside of Australian territorial waters, the Australian consumer will be covered as well. So a very significant decision which really does clarify a consumer's rights in a very important way. And of course, this is the 50th anniversary of the 1974 Trade Practices Act, which was the first time we had legislation focused on competition and consumer protection. I mean, in conclusion, as we draw this conversation to a close, how successful have we been in protecting consumers and ensuring competition and what still needs to be done? The law has achieved very significant benefits in the economy and in protection of consumers. It has immense strengths that it is a law that intertwines consumer protection and the promotion of competition so that informed consumers allow businesses to compete on the merits and vigorous competition delivers downward pressure on prices, increased choice, better quality. Where is there still important work to be done? So in addition to merger reform, we very much welcome the decision of the government announced last December to, in principle, support competition reforms that will apply to the largest global digital platforms that would enable there to be targeted specific codes of conduct, for instance, relating to in-app payments and having a choice of in-app payments in relation to having a choice of app stores to broaden out the ability to not only choose more broadly, but also pay less because there would then be competition. So that there would be applying solely to those most critical digital platform providers in relation to the services where they are critical intermediaries in our daily lives and and in our livelihoods, that there would be an ability to introduce targeted and specific competition provisions. In addition, we have been seeking and the reform process is moving through its steps for there to be an across-the-economy unfair trading practices prohibition, which would apply to subscription traps, to nudges that we all get um, playing upon our sort of preferences and underlying biases that in effect push us towards more purchases, choices, giving more of our uh, personal information than we otherwise would in order to get particular services because we are actually unable to make a timely and informed decision into what the bargain that we're entering into in effect. So the ACCC is engaged in a whole range of you know very different areas and debates about how best to, to regulate, be it um, the digital platforms or, or a childcare report from, from, I think, in January this year, or the discussions around the best way to 
regulate and assess mergers. Uh, Gina Cascott-Lieb, Chair of the ACCC, the Australian Consumer and Competition Commission, thank you for speaking to The Law Report. My pleasure. We are always seeking to have our law fit for purpose, particularly at a time of such significant green digital transition and economic volatility. We need the law to give us all the right capacity to protect consumers and promote competition. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, do follow The Law Report on the wonderful ABC Listen app. And if you access the podcast on other platforms, please do leave a review. It helps others find us. Thanks to producer Christina Kukolia and to sound engineer this week, Matthew Crawford. I'm Damien Carrick. Talk to you next time with more law. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.